Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scaling New Heights podcast. During this episode, I will continue my conversation with a few of CPA Practice Advisors 2016 Most Powerful Women in Accounting. Now, although there are more women than men in the accounting field overall, the representation of women in leadership positions, particularly in large firms, has lagged. However, the past few years have shown that women are increasingly obtaining positions of authority, including two women who are currently CEOs at the big four firms. Well, the women who are named as the 2016 most powerful women in accounting are at the forefront of the leaders within the profession. They're having this amazing impact on the whole of the accounting world. And today, I speak with another one of these powerful women, Dawn Brolin. Now, before I get into the conversation with Dawn, I want you to know that this podcast series and our episode here with Dawn Brolin is made possible through the generosity of our podcast partners, Smart Biz Loans, Entryless, and Neat. Now, if your firm has reached the point where it is time to expand, smartbizloans.com may be the perfect answer to your capital needs. They are not an alternative lending company. Those organizations serve a purpose, especially when you need immediate cash. But faster than you could possibly imagine, smartbizloans.com will manage the traditional SBA application process. They will get you to that goal. You'll get your clients to that goal in a fraction of the time and with a better chance at getting the capital that you need. These are traditional low interest bank loans and you can learn more about that as well as the special offer to our podcast listeners of $500 off loan closing costs at woodard.com podcast. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Dawn. Dawn is a CPA, an advanced certified QuickBooks Pro Advisor and managing member of Powerful Accounting LLC, a nationally recognized accounting, tax, and QuickBooks consulting firm. Dawn is also the manager of her firm's IRS representation, bankruptcy accounting, and forensic divisions. She discovered the importance of this relationship between good accounting records, good business process, and running a successful business through her own experience as a business owner. And she now strives to, quote, leave people better than she found them, unquote. And if you've ever met Dawn in person, sometimes that means she just leaves you laughing a little bit, making you feel better. The conversation with Dawn today will be full of energy, full of information, and probably a couple of those laughs. So if you're driving, drive carefully and know that you can listen again and take notes. Now, Here's the first nugget for you today. Bill pay automation is low hanging fruit when it comes to implementing all the back office automation for you and your clients. If you're performing bookkeeping services for your clients, entryless accounts payable automation is a must have solution. Uh, They not only automate the entry of the bill, but the payment of the bill, all of the general ledger integration and all the document management. And they talk to QuickBooks Online QuickBooks Desktop, and a wide range of general ledger solutions. Now, for our listener audience, exclusive to you guys, EntryList is offering you 2,000 automated bills for free to check them out. And you can learn more about that at watered.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started with our conversation with Dawn. Dawn, welcome to the podcast. 
Joe, as always, thank you so much for having me. These are always fun conversations. You know, I get very pumped up and excited. So people make sure maybe you want to get in your car and listen so you can put your seatbelt on. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Well, let's just jump right in and get to driving. So your practice has changed a tremendous amount over the past couple of years. And I've been following that journey alongside you. I mean, it was what, just about three, four years ago, you weren't a CPA. So kind of start at that point and tell us your journey from then to now. Okay. Well, since this is a five-hour podcast, we'll have plenty of time to do that. <laughs> let's do um, the condensed version, right? Let's do the condensed, condensed right. version. But I do, I always like to make that joke. It's a, it's an old one, but a goodie. So, you know, back when I first started just doing bookkeeping and accounting and really just using QuickBooks as the only real technological tool uh, back way back in 99, and the change since then uh, that I have just embraced tremendously in the the world of technology. And because of that, our firm has been able to move from, you know, just being able to have 50,000 file cabinets to having zero because we're all electronic. And I've found through my journey of being a sole practitioner, then being in a partnership scenario, and then going back to a sole practitioner, and then hiring enough staff to make it a real team of people. And, and the pra- my practice has just moved in a direction since 2011. You're right, I didn't actually receive my CPA certificate until to January of 2012. So, you know, I remember getting that CPA certificate and I knew as a practitioner for, in my opinion, and for what I wanted to do for my future and my firm was that I needed to have that certificate. I knew that that would put me in a, just a different world within the accounting profession. And I just knew that that had to be done. So I did that. I went back for my master's degree and that, because I actually didn't have to get my master's degree, but I chose to, because I believe truly in education. And then I went and earned with blood, sweat, and tears, my CPA certificate, which by the way, if you've never seen a miracle, that'd be the first one you'd see because I am not a memorizer. So, you know, that was a very, very special moment in my life that I will never, ever forget. And so now through that process of getting my CPA certificate and realizing that, you know, I learned a lot of discipline through doing that. I learned a lot about really paying attention and due diligence and all those kind of things that I think is part of the process of becoming a CPA or whatever profession you're in or whatever designation, it is part of the process. And so now we have been working with a specific law firm out of New Haven, Green and Sklar's. They're phenomenal businessmen, attorneys. They do bankruptcy, IRS representation. We've streamlined, and part of my point about that is we've streamlined the accounting write-up process. We don't have our team members spending hours and hours having to, you know, obviously enter transactions or those kind of things, as you were saying about the uh, accounts payable. Like everything should be streamlined. So because we have accepted and embraced that, we've now moved into a whole nother world of IRS representation, bankruptcy accounting, and things that, you know, we had someone today, they were like, okay, six returns haven't been done. We need it done today. No problem. Process payment. We receive payment before we touch it. And then we get somebody on it. We get the tax returns done. You make $1,500 in, you know, a three-hour period. But I, I want to break down what you just said, because some, sure. some folks listening are going, okay, that that's phenomenally efficient. Is it the, you know, the size of your team? Is it your defined process? your defined delivery system, how is it that you're able to accomplish that? You know, and that, I love that's a great question because honestly, 
the processes and having processes and procedures for, I mean, just about everything. Once you have a common procedure, they're not exactly the same for every client, but when you have a common element of technology where you're like, this is how we're going to do this. You're going to get on QBO. You're going to get on this one. You're going to get on T-Sheets. You're going to get on this. And we just say, this is how you're going to run your business. When you introduce that and say, this is how you're going to run your business client, then we don't have a learning curve of all of their systems. So we have systems to implement with them that make it streamlined, saving time. And our team, our client base is growing, our revenue is growing, but we don't necessarily need to add, you know, for every 10 clients, we have to add a new staff member. You know, I would say it's probably for every 20 to 25, maybe 30 clients, we have and to add you a new credit, member. you credit your systems and processes with being able to scale client base disproportionate, disproportional to human resources? Absolutely, hmm. 100%. All right, so, so that, that, that's absolutely huge, folks. And, um, and Dawn, as somebody who's built those processes and has, and the term that I use, you've democratized your knowledge, right? right. I like, uh, that's really the way to describe it. You've democratized your knowledge and you've turned your knowledge into intellectual capital in your practice. What absolutely. advice would you give those folks listening in who've not taken that journey? Now, there are two reasons they haven't, so keep both target audiences in mind when you're, when you're talking. Some are sole practitioners, and they might be thinking, I don't need to democratize my knowledge. I am myself. And second, it might be folks that, that do employ team members, but each team member kind of is a lone ranger doing their own mm. thing in their own way. Can you address that a little bit? Yeah, and I, and I love, you know, I could talk to you for days, really. Um, this stuff is just so fun and, and exhilarating, honestly. But, you know, first of all, as a sole practitioner, you're, you're yourself. Maybe that's your plan to stay as yourself forever. And regardless of whether you grow and add team members or you just stay a, a sole practitioner in which neither is correct, it is what it is for you. I truly believe in those procedures that you should have, and I say in writing, for yourself, when a new client comes on board, it should be the same exact process and just about thoughtless a little bit. And when I say that, I mean, it should just be a standard procedure. Okay, here's your engagement letter. Here's your payment authorization form. Excellent. Once I get that back, then I'll touch your stuff. You know, and that's just your process and that's it. And so I know been a sole practitioner, was a sole practitioner for years. Those administrative costs around I treat clients differently was extremely costly from an administrative perspective. So if you are a sole practitioner, it's irrelevant whether you are or are not, but for those people, don't think that necessarily what you've always been doing is the best way, but seek out the opportunity to minimize the pain that you're going through as a sole practitioner, like not being able to um, have dinner at the table with your family every night. I love you know, there that. are pain points. Yeah. That's and, and, just, yeah. and you're absolutely right, Dawn. There's a direct connection between a uniformity of process and a perfection of process and a maxim maximization of efficiency so the way we say it in Water Institute, we say variation of process is enemy number one. And that would apply if you have a team or if you're a sole practitioner. But talk a little bit, since you have a team, right? Talk a little bit about the benefits of that documentation and that uniformity when multiple team members are involved. Well, I can tell you, Joe, I've done it all wrong. And now I'm starting to do it somewhat right. Um, and I say that because, you know, treating 
team members as they're coming on or training the team members, which we have now a full employee onboarding process where they get training. We actually set their hours on how they're going to train, who they're going to train with, what are they going to train on. Um, I didn't always have that process for the team members. So everybody came, you know, people would come on. I'd be like, okay, we use smart ball T-sheets. We use QuickBooks and we do this, we do that. We're hosted, we're not hosted, blah, blah, blah. We go through and I'm like, okay, now get it figured out. Get your email set up. And they're just like kind of staring at me. And so unfortunately that, because I didn't have a set process for that team, those team members, they, it was a struggle to onboard and boy, was it costly. Now with that process, we've solidified, it's all in writing. Every person will come on exactly the same way, no matter what their role is, because they still need to be familiar with what we as powerful accounting represent and what we use. Now, the second thing I think is really important is the streamlining of an onboarding or onboarding a client process is just not if more important, because if you don't have a streamlined onboarding process for a client, you have one person that's in charge of that, that person actually probably goes on vacation. But I can tell you who isn't going to be onboarding a client, and that'd be me. So very easily can Nicole pick up an onboarding, new client onboarding if Tracy is out and vice versa, and Anne can do it. And, you know, the team can take care of itself because we have systems that they can refer to that make that process streamlined and most importantly, keep me out of the way. Mm, mm, that's great. And then, yeah, so for turn for turnover as well as delegation, having a standardized process is going to create in your firm an asset and it'll allow your team to become greater than some of its parts. Now, the greater than some of its parts is why you're getting, you know, 10 new clients onboarded without necessarily having to hire someone, right? And, right. The re- and it's also why you can turn around those engagements so quickly. But, you know, you're building this asset. You're building a firm, Dawn, that's bigger than you, greater mm-hmm. than you, and is purchasable. I mean, somebody could, could acquire powerful accounting LLC without Dawn even necessarily coming along with it for the long haul and have value. And Darren Root would say that's the ultimate test of your firm's stability and maturity. Would somebody buy it without you? You know, and I love that you said that because I've literally rolled over out of bed yesterday and said, wow, I I don't even know if I need to work today. They do such better work without me if I stay out of the way. And I, I think about it and I analyze the financials and say, you know what? If I if I stayed out of the way, this company could run on its own. It really was an aha moment for me. And I 100% give the credit to having procedures, policies in place. And the and I it does, the people are important. You've got to have the right people. Um, and sometimes that takes a process. But you know, I always say I'll, I wouldn't trade these guys. I wouldn't trade this team for for a billion dollars. Like, well, maybe a billion, but um, <laughs> well, that would <laughs> be a firm that. acquisition you could really feel good about, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you know so and Jim Collins is so funny that you're saying a couple of things that are key here about the right people, because Jim Collins says that people are not your greatest asset, and then he kind of pauses when he's doing this live so it can sink in and the horror and the where's he going to go from here and how's he going to rescue himself people are not your greatest asset. The right people are your greatest asset. And that's, that's exactly what you just said. And yeah. then Andy Stanley, and I listen to his leadership podcast all the time. I recommend it to anyone. Um, Andy Stanley says, you delegate tasks whenever you have to. You delegate authority whenever you can. 
And mm. it sounds like you're the kind of leader, Dawn, you've gotten to the point in your firm where you can delegate authority and you've got the right people. And to me, that's, that's a fantastic chapter in your journey. So I would love to expand on that very point because it happened today. We had a client where there was a situation with payroll and they said we didn't do what we were supposed to do and uh, it was you know this whole thing that we all go through in business on a moment by moment basis with clients sometimes. There was a confusion, miscommunication and so they wanted to have this big meeting with myself, the one of the team members that handles kind of their weekly stuff and another team member who is the small business division leader and that's Ann. And so they wanted to meet with the three of us and this was yesterday, this conversation by email. And I emailed back and I said, I'm sorry, I have appointments all day and I, don't, I am not able to cancel them. I'm not going to cancel them. Like, they're not going to dictate what I'm going to do. And what I did instead was say, Ann, you're the small business division leader. Here's the situation. You handle it with the client. I told the client if there's something above and beyond that Ann and Wendy cannot handle or control or answer, they will consult with me and we'll get back to you. And the client never balked on it. And I, it was another aha moment. I have them about six times a day. And I said, wow, that empowered Ann as the leader of the small business division to be able to have this meeting to heal the relationship or solve the issue without me in the way. Now the client knows this is the division, small business division leader. I don't need to always go to Dawn. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is priceless it's to me. It's freeing. And it also means that your leadership is beyond you, which is which is a key characteristic. I want to shift the conversation a little bit to this new, this is another chapter of your journey. It's a new service that you've begun to offer on tax representation. And at the beginning of the journey, we started with when you earned your CPA. This is an interesting one because it's become a cornerstone of your practice, but you don't have to be a CPA to provide this service. So tell everybody listening all about it. Okay. So that, and that's a very good point. So we'll make sure we touch on that. Um, so through the course of going to a various CPE events and, you know, you have to get your C CPE when you have a, your CPA and when you're an enrolled agent and if you're a certified bookkeeper. So these are great things to attend and build relationships with other professionals. And so I would attend this IRS DRS update uh, by specifically Eric Green. And so he was at a different firm at the time, but I was going to these, uh, these you know, IRS updates and, and we just grew to be friends. So there's a friendship that was in a mutual professional respect and just, we just really hit it off. So, you know, Eric ended up moving and having his own firm, joining with a partner, Jeff Sklars. And so the two of them, we just, they were like, you know, we just bonded. We just knew we were good for each other, if you will. And they said, hey, Brolin. How about you, uh, we just got this really big case. How about if you handle the audit? So we don't really have to handle it. We, we, you know, we want somebody to kind of go through, dig through the details, come up with you know, what numbers make sense here, where's all the backup, and you know, the first one happened to be just a civil audit, which was great. But we went through, and my whole thing was, this is a gold mine. And I say that for many reasons. Yes, it's a great money maker, and you literally can be a bookkeeper. And know how to use QuickBooks, know how to you know understand the process of you got to have receipts for stuff, right? There's a complicated one, and so I built that relationship with them. And when they gave me a case, it was my number one priority. I'd stopped everything else I was doing, and their case was number one priority. And because of that, that focus, that 
I love this stuff. When I would get the text, I would get chill. I still do. I get a text from them, call us. I get chills because it's something that number one, yes, there is profit within it, but there's also the reward of helping a helping out a taxpayer, helping out a client, helping out a family in situations. So it's not just for audits. It's also for offers and compromise and, you know, being able to get someone out of a financial distress and situation that, you know, yeah, they maybe have been a little bit irresponsible, but, you know, let's forgive and forget kind of thing with the IRS. And that's a possibility. And so it's in the bankruptcy stuff. So it's been a huge, because of the relationship I built with them and because I made the relationship a priority for many reasons, we have built this area and division of our practice where because the bookkeeping and the small business development where you know we obviously integrate applications and that division handles all of that part, we have the division that handles all of the tax representation. Now, they can cross over in a little bit of a way with our tax division as well. So we have three divisions and our bookkeepers help the IRS uh, you know, the, either the offers and compromise or whatever they're handling. And then the tax people prepare the tax returns. If we have to do revised tax returns, the IRS division handles offers and compromise. We handle eggshell audits. We handle all kinds of cool stuff. But it really came from the relationship I built with one specific attorney. Now, there I have not even reached out to the million other attorneys that are probably within, you know, 200 miles of my of my office. I can't imagine that someday, right? So we have visions of that, but it's a relationship that we've built in, a, in an area in our practice that we love. Well, I definitely love it. I want to put eye black on my bulletproof vest and go out there, you know, with a headband and, you know, save the world. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just an exciting area of a practice that anyone can do if they, if it's something they were passionate about, which, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about just about everything. Uh, but this is just an area that you can not only make good, 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 profitable um, money on it and grow your firm if you'd like to um, and be able to help people at the same time. Well, and, and you, can do, you can represent a client to the IRS if you are an EA, correct? So there's, there's education involved in that and there's a great organization called Surgent that will prepare you for the enrolled agent exam and right. also is accredited to help you maintain your EA credits. Plus, it sounds like this conference that you went to, the New England Tax Representation Conference, isn't that what it's called? Correct, IRS Representation exactly. Conference, yeah, New England. Yep, In New England, awesome. you can go to that, Eric Green, Google it. You can get EA credit there. But for the first time ever, you're going to be able to get EA credit at Scaling New Heights, and it's because Eric Green and you are partnered on a track around this. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so Eric and I, of course, are super, super pumped about number one, being able to present together because he and I just feed off of each other when it comes to just having this conversation. We're going to talk about how we built our relationship. Um, what happens when, let's just say a new client walks in Eric's office and says, okay, I'm under audit, help me. And what happens from that moment forward between Eric, between Green and Sklar's, the law firm, and Powerful Accounting, the accounting firm. And so how, does, how do we work through those relationships? Who pulls the transcripts? Who has the power of, who is the 2848? Who's on the 2848, the power of attorney, to talk to the IRS? Uh, does the attorney want to at all be involved with the auditor? You know, what, what are those steps? What do those steps look like? Um, how do you handle an auditor? It's a skill. It really is a skill. So we're going to kind of go through how all those pieces work. Where does the client come in? What do we need from the client? 
what's the process of onboarding that client because it's different than you know our our small business division onboarding those clients are very different than onboarding someone who's in uh, in trouble with the IRS and you're um, saying this is a massive opportunity for even even the listeners of the podcast that aren't currently CPAs EAs maybe their whole career is certified bookkeeper certified QuickBooks pro advisor you know what kind of journey are they looking at to embrace this opportunity could they actually become an, an enrolled agent within a year? Well, I love that you asked that question because Sharon from our firm just became an enrolled agent in October. And she started the process around June of this year. So it's um, very achievable if you work at it intentionally. That's good. That's right. So if you're listening, folks, I want to tell you, Dawn's already gone down this path You've heard her. She's a case study of one here, and I'm sure that there are other examples if you go Google. And in Dawn's case, the secret sauce is building a relationship with an attorney, a tax attorney, who's representing clients to the IRS. And there's this symbiosis. You, have, you and I have talked about it a lot, Dawn, getting ready to add this track to scaling. This symbiosis between you, bookkeeper, and accountant who understand all the numbers and that tax attorney who understands all the legalities of case of the case law for the IRS and how to represent the legal issues for the client. Now, it, it you you can't represent the client in certain areas when it comes into legal matters, right? So you need to partner with an attorney. But you know, if you're not an EA, um, if you're not able to represent the client to the IRS, then it's you, you, four months is what. One of Dawn's people went through. Now, Dawn, we don't. We're about to wrap up here. I want everybody. I want to summarize what you've talked about so far, and then I have a whopping question for you to answer on your way out. So, up to this point, Dawn has encouraged you to examine your process, examine your technology, and your delivery systems. Whether you are a sole practitioner who plans to employ a sole practitioner who never plans to employ, and especially if you're a current employer. Because through the documentation of process, you get the perfection of process. And with the perfection of process, you get higher profitability and more consistency of delivery for your clients. Okay. Then Dawn said, invest back in yourself into new areas within your practice. Prioritize education. In Dawn's case, she went straight for the CPA. Kudos to her. All right, I would say examine that path at whatever point you are in in your career, okay? But the EA path we just learned is extremely achievable in a shorter time period and could be an incremental step to CPA, all right? Earn that first, and then you can continue the journey towards CPA if you wish to do so. And if you become an EA, obviously tax preparation is a service you can provide, but it's a crowded field. Dawn's encouraging to check out this tax representation field, which is expanding and not as crowded. And through the right partnership with the right tax attorney, it could be very lucrative very quickly for you. So now that we've summarized all of that, Dawn, and that's incredible, incredible advice you've given us, plus some great leadership tips, I'm going to ask you the whopping question, and it's twofold. What is the one biggest challenge, in your opinion, facing the accounting profession right now, and what is the one biggest opportunity for us right now as accounting professionals? Great questions, of course, and as always. I would say one of the biggest challenges in the profession right now 
is acquiring really, really committed, dedicated, and loyal team members. Mm. I would say that we need more of them. We need people who want to work. I think that that's another really important thing. Um, The change in the way I think team members look at a salary is a, you know, a 40 hour work week, not a 55 hour work week or a 65 hour work week. And I think that that mentality, though achievable uh, through the use of technology, if you are a tax firm is unrealistic during that part of the season. But I definitely think that we need more dedicated, committed, educated, and I say educated and whether it's experience, education through experience or whatever it may be. But we, I know for us, it has been very, very tough to find qualified, educated, committed and loyal people outside of, you know, obviously we, we have a great team, but it wasn't easy finding all of them. And that, that, that experience, by the way, is matched by a tremendous number of your peers um, in, a, in a study conducted by Carbon um, and it was scientific, extensive, and global. Um, the number one challenge, according to their research, in the U.S. CPA profession particularly is talent acquisition and retention. So you're, you're tracking with your peers very, very tightly there. Um, what about that opportunity, Dawn? What's the biggest opportunity we're facing? You know, of course, with technology, and everyone always says this, with the technology, I truly believe the expansion of your practice is easier now than it has ever been before. And I say that because with those systems we talked about earlier, with the opportunity to grow a practice, with the use of technology, and like we said earlier, the ability to not necessarily have to expand your team just because you're expanding your client base is a really, really big opportunity. But I also believe keeping your eyes and mind open to things that are not are, are out there like this IRS representation work, like we need to get into forensic accounting mm-hmm. or get into embezzlement and some of those other types of things and fraud, which is still huge, unfortunately. But those kind of things where it's not just about reconciling anymore, like that's my favorite quote. It's not just about reconciling anymore. It's so much bigger than that. But your firm can expand the opportunity to expand your you know, bottom line, number one, really important, but also maybe to gain and capture back some of your time, even if it's a couple hours a week, because you implement one new system that saves you two hours. It's yeah, and, a big, and we're big seeing firms on the bookkeeping side that are consistently automating up to 80% of the accounting process. And many times that's nonprofits, professional service companies, but the point is powerful. And um, the more of that automation you can put into play, especially in this window we have, which I estimate is about 10 years, before it becomes uh, commercially available and, and sort of generally acquired by the small business, uh, by small businesses directly, we have a window where we curate that technology and leverage it on behalf of our clients at fixed fee or value pricing and extreme margins and scale. So tracking right there with you, Dawn, that's a massive, massive opportunity. It has been great having you on the podcast. As always, you are always welcome back and many congratulations for everything you've built in your practice. I'm excited that you're going to be sharing some of that at Scaling New Heights 2017. Well, I thank you for the opportunity, Joe. I always, always enjoy our conversations. 
Thank you for tuning in to this podcast and our conversation with Don Brolin. Our podcast is only possible through the support of our partners, and NEAT is one of our partners. I cannot speak highly enough about them. NEAT provides highly innovative automation technology software. It is an example of that automation technology that Dawn and I were just talking about. It extracts data from both emailed and scanned documents. Doesn't really matter how you get it to NEAT. NEAT is a software solution. NEAT is not a scanner. And that software solution will dissect the data off the paper, liberate it is what they call it, and parse it is the technical term and place it into the general ledger intelligently with the document attached and searchable. So if you are interested in automation, and if you're not, you should be, after hearing Dawn say it's the biggest opportunity in her opinion facing the industry, um, today's the perfect day to get started with NEAT. They're gonna offer two months free for you, and you can learn all about it at woodard.com slash podcast. Go try it out today. And for more information about today's episode, to explore other episodes in this podcast series, or to learn more about our annual conference called Scaling New Heights, visit woodard.com. That's W-O-O-D-A-R-D.com. As always, we encourage you to stay tuned, stay connected, never stop learning, and scale new heights.